Welcome to the BME Grind Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Grace. This week, we have the pleasure of reconnecting with Maureen Desmond. She was a peer of ours. Um, she graduated with us from the UNC NC State Biomedical Engineering Program in the spring of 2019. Maureen is a certified cardiac device specialist now, and she currently works as a field clinical specialist at Boston Scientific, providing technical support for Boston Scientific cardiac device implants and clinical trial activity in the great Chicago area. Welcome, Maureen. We're so excited for this episode. Welcome, Maureen. It is so, so good to see you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's so great to see you guys again, too. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So you're calling in from Chicago, right? All the way out in Chicago? That's awesome. Okay. So Maureen, you are a field clinical specialist at Boston Scientific, even though you're in Chicago, you're at Boston Scientific. What, What is that role? Can you tell us what that means? Yes, I'd love to. So a field clinical specialist is a technical expert in a line of medical device products that works directly with the physicians that are implanting those products or using those products. And of course, the patients who receive those implanted devices. Uh, The role of a field clinical specialist looks a lot different depending on what kind of medical device products you're supporting. So as I describe my experience in my role, just be aware or listeners should be aware that if they support other kinds of medical devices, their job and their role might look a lot different. But generally, it's a really exciting job. You work in hospitals every day supporting implants and procedures that involve medical devices, as well as supporting clinical research and some other things like that. And you're you're in the cardiac section, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So Boston Scientific is a big global medical device company. And we have headquarters in Boston and Minnesota and California and in Asia Pacific and Europe. But I work in Chicago. Uh, So within Boston Scientific, my division is cardiac rhythm management, and that is the division of Boston Scientific that's dedicated to developing procedures and therapies that provide support to people who have cardiac arrhythmias or cure those arrhythmias. And within cardiac rhythm management, my product line that I'm a technical expert in is life-sustaining cardiac devices. So those are primarily implantable pacemakers, implantable defibrillators, and cardiac monitors. So those are the products that I primarily support and am an expert in. Okay, so Boston Scientific, I think we all know that that name, but I think that helps a little bit with de- like defining what they actually do and uh, kind of clarifies that a little bit. So for for your role to be, you know, supporting these cardiac implants and stuff. Are you helping the doctors like place them? Are you help um, helping them, you know, pick out the right one for the patient? What is your role in assisting these implants? Okay, yes, great question. So it's a little bit of all of that. Uh, the best way to describe my role, I think is to describe the life of a pacemaker. So pacemaker is one of the kinds of devices that I support most frequently. Uh, So once the pacemakers are designed and manufactured by Boston Scientific engineers um, in-house at Boston Scientific uh, manufacturing sites, they ship those pacemakers to me. And when a cardiologist or electrophysiologist in Chicago wants to implant a pacemaker, so they have a patient that is eligible to receive a pacemaker, they call me. 
and they say, hi, Maureen, we have a pacemaker implant on Friday morning at this hospital. Can you be there to support this implant? And so I drive there on Friday morning and I bring all of the materials that we need to support a pacemaker implant. So this is all of the wires, the sheaths, catheters, pacemaker leads, the pacemaker itself. And I bring that into the operating room and set up the operating room. Before the patient goes in to receive their pacemaker, I meet them and their family and I educate them on what it's like to live with a pacemaker and what this pacemaker will do for them and who Boston Scientific is and all, all, that, all that stuff. And when, and then so I've done the patient education and the family education about living with a pacemaker. The patient gets rolled back into the operating room or the surgical lab. And if you've ever watched Grey's Anatomy, you can probably picture this. So the patient is draped on the table in big blue drapes that mark the sterile field. And the physician is up by their left arm implanting the pacemaker in their heart. And I'm standing across from the physician. And every step of the pacemaker implant, I hand off the tools that we need. So when it's time to use a sheath or a catheter or a pacemaker lead, I grab that from my supply and I hand that to them. And then uh, I help them place the pacemaker in the correct location using fluoroscopy and x-ray during the procedure. So I'm there to make sure that the pacemaker is implanted correctly. If they have any questions about the implant process or implant technique, I can answer those questions or how to use certain tools, things like that. Those are all my responsibility to know and be able to educate the physician on. And then because I support pacemakers, the other big part of my job is programming those pacemakers to optimally provide therapy for these patients and their arrhythmias. So I have this machine, we call it a programmer, and it's kind of like a glorified iPad. And we connect that programmer to the pacemaker or to alligator clips connected to the pacing lead that it's attached to the patient's myocardium inside their heart. And that's hooked up to my programmer and I can view their intrinsic heart rate. So that's their heart rhythm without the pacemaker. And then I sync up the pacemaker with their intrinsic heart rhythm to optimally provide therapy for their rhythm or their type of arrhythmia. So that's a big part of my job is the programming aspect. So after undergrad, I spent about a year in apprenticeship pretty much with Boston Scientific, learning all about cardiac health and cardiac devices and how the cardiac conduction system works. So I learned all of that on the job through an intensive training program that they put me through. So that's how I know all about arrhythmias and how to treat them using these devices. Uh, so that's all a part of the implant. So once the pacemaker is implanted and programmed appropriately, the patient gets sent home. And then for the life of that pacemaker, I am part of the follow-up process. So after the pacemaker is implanted, I'm involved in the care of that device throughout the life of that pacemaker and really throughout the life of that patient. So every three months when they come to see their cardiologist or electrophysiologist in clinic, I meet them there and I bring my programmer and I check the pacemaker function and I make sure that it's still optimally providing therapy for that patient and make programming changes as necessary. And as well as download all of the information that's stored on that pacemaker. And the physician uses that information from the pacemaker to make clinical decisions about their cardiac care and cardiac health. Because the cardiac health of a patient is so important to their overall health as a person, uh, we are also involved in other areas of their healthcare as well. So if that patient needs to go to an MRI, I meet them 
at the MRI suite and I reprogram their pacemaker so that the noise from the MRI machine doesn't interact with the pacemaker during that procedure. Same thing if they have cancer and are receiving radiation for cancer therapy, or if they're getting a different kind of procedure that uses machinery that might interfere with the pacemaker. Uh, if they show up to the emergency room because they had an arrhythmia or a syncopal episode, if they passed out or something, I go to the emergency room and I download all of the information off of their pacemaker and the ER physicians and the internists and their cardiologists in that hospital will use that information to make decisions about their care. So, and at the end of life, so if a person has an implanted defibrillator and they're going into hospice and they no longer wanna receive therapy from their defibrillator, which is often painful shocks for arrhythmias, I go and meet them sometimes in their homes or in a hospice center and I turn off that therapy. So I'm really with these patients from the day they get their device until the day, sometimes the day that they're, they die. So I'm really involved with the life of the device and the life of the patient. So I think that's unique to working in the cardiac space for sure. And working with cardiac devices, not every clinical specialist is that involved in patient care, but I think that's what makes this job unique and special too. How do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you like that? Does that ever like emotionally wear on you? Does it wear on your personal time or do you love it? Like, what are your feelings on, on all of that? Being so involved with these devices and with these patients' health and their journey through healthcare mm -hmm. has really opened my eyes to the importance of medical devices and it's given me a different perspective about how these devices change their life and change their journey uh, throughout the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. So I'm really appreciative that I have the opportunity to be so involved with the care of these patients with their cardiac care, but also with their general health. Mm -hmm. And it is emotional, but I think it's a good reminder that healthcare is emotional and the things that we do, whether you're an engineer or in marketing or working in any area of medical device space, it's important to think about the patients that are going to use and receive these devices and realize that it makes a big or a person's health journey through the healthcare system is very impactful. So I'm just, I'm very appreciative to be a part of that process for sure. Yeah, I, I bet. I mean, it's amazing that you get to be a part of that and I'm sure it's um, very heartwarming and then also heartbreaking at times. Absolutely. Um, what are your hours like? Will you get called in then at like pretty random hours? Um, what's a typical week maybe? Yes, great question. So there is no typical week. There is no typical right. okay. day. <laughs> yes. A lot of what we do is emergency. So whether that's an emergency pacemaker implant or a patient has an emergency procedure or shows up in the emergency room. So a lot of things just pop up and we have to go cover them. Uh, this means that I carry a pager with me and we rotate weekends. So I'm not on call every weekend. I'm on call about one weekend a month, mm -hmm. but I have to be there. And if a person needs a pacemaker, I'm, they page me and I have to run and get there as fast as I can to help support that implant. But generally the way it works is the night before. So at about 6 PM every night, I get a schedule for the next day that outlines all of the procedures I'll cover uh, within the Chicago area. And I have a team of about 30 people that I work with who all have my same role. So we divide and conquer all of the procedures that are scheduled in Chicagoland and all of the checks and clinics as well. And then sometimes I wake up in the morning and 
my whole day goes as expected. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and there's already four changes and uh, everything looks a little different. So generally just working in the healthcare system and uh, the hours are pretty long, like early mornings and late nights for sure. Uh, but not every day. It's not, it's not too bad. And who's scheduling you or are you in the team of 30 kind of you know, like, is it like signing up and putting them on your calendar or is somebody kind of organizing all of this to distribute between you all? Yeah, great question. So we have a manager and okay. she used to work as a field clinical specialist as well. So she's lived my life and walked the walk and now she manages us and she's our schedule, our nighttime scheduler. And then throughout the day, she serves as what we call the quarterback. So as things change or we need to dole out different assignments to people. It all goes through her and then she organizes it and schedules it. So luckily that burden is not on me to schedule myself pretty much. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, that must be a tough role too, scheduling all of that changing stuff for 30 people. Yeah, absolutely. Do you go on call ever? Is that a thing? Yes. Yep. So uh, my superiors, they're on call 24 seven. So we have a level uh, of clinical technical support people that those are the sales reps and they're on call 24 seven. I take call about once a month and then here or there, if people are on vacation, I help pick up their pagers and things like that. Mm -hmm. Nice. So did you get to, when did you apply to this, this role in the cardiac section or did you apply to be a clinical assistant and then you got placed in the cardiac section? How does that kind of break down? Great question. So I actually interned within the cardiac rhythm management division at Boston Scientific for two summers during undergrad. So I worked as an engineer and got familiar with the cardiac device products. So that was a good basis for me to start applying to these roles in the cardiac space. Mm -hmm. So I specifically was applying to technical support roles within cardiac rhythm management. Anyone who's thinking about being a technical specialist, I would definitely encourage you to think long and hard about the space that you're going to support and the products that you're going uh, to be an expert on because you will spend a lot of time learning about the physiology and the clinical aspect of this area of care. So you get really knowledgeable and really involved in this space. So luckily cardiac care is something I'm very interested in. I think the heart and the cardiac conduction just system is fascinating and so important. So I'm very passionate about this space and I don't think I would have done as well in an area of medicine that I wasn't as interested in. So definitely think about what you're interested in and what you want to learn about. So, yes. okay. So let's dive into these internships a little bit, if you don't mind. First of all, this job sounds fascinating and wow, I think a lot of people get into BME because they do want physician and patient interaction. And it sounds like this role absolutely does that. And which is awesome for someone who doesn't have a PhD or doesn't go to med school, right? You did this out of undergrad. That's awesome and incredible. I think that's why a lot of people get into this field, but it sounds like you were very strategic with your internships and, it, and you kind of had a path. You knew you liked cardiac section. You knew you liked this kind of stuff. So your first your first internship was exploratory chemistry and coatings. And then um, the second one was electrophysiology. Can you talk a little bit about those two internships and how it has helped you apply to your current role? Yes, absolutely. So both of those roles were internship roles as a process development engineer. So process development engineering sits kind of between research and development and manufacturing. 
and it's the engineers who are responsible for figuring out how to take a design from the R&D team and actually put it together. So what kind of materials you're going to use to adhere parts of uh, the product together, what kind of processes you'll use to actually put the product together. So my first internship was in an exploratory chemistry lab. And this was a great opportunity for me to see all sorts of different products because in this exploratory chemistry lab, we had a number of engineers who developed and used very specific coatings technology. So it was a coating technology that could be applied to a number of different products within Boston Scientific, but it was only available within this one chemistry lab in one of the Boston Scientific manufacturing sites. So because of that, uh, products from every division of Boston Scientific would come to us and say, hey, we have this idea. We want to coat our product in this way. And we think that your technology might be able to help us. So we would take on their project and we would try to develop and use our coatings technology to solve whatever problem they were facing in their development. So throughout my internship, I saw products from all different areas of Boston Scientific. And some of the products that I found most interesting were cardiac products. So my second internship was in electrophysiology. So I was actually working on ablation catheters. So cardiac ablation is a procedure that's used to essentially cure, cure cardiac arrhythmias. So you functionally, functionally burn the areas of the cardiac conduction system that are causing uh, dangerous arrhythmias. You can do it with so, like cryo too, right? How do you say yeah. it? Is it yeah, cryo? Yeah, cryoablation. So that's yeah. effectively freezing those areas. So it's right. kind of the opposite. Uh, yeah, so this is an area of technology. It's used uh, cross-divisionally as well, but it's very well researched in the cardiac space. And it's, I think it's kind of the future of cardiac care. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating technology. So ablation, pulses field ablation, cryo ablation. Oh, this is pulse field ablation. Yeah, yep. So that's a new, yep. So that's another version of that technology. And we actually have a team of different clinical specialists who support the ablation um, side. But in my internship in the electrophysiology space, I got to work on these cardiac ablation catheters. And through that internship, I had the opportunity to meet clinical specialists who supported cardiac procedures and the people who are using these catheters. And they connected me to other people within the cardiac space. So working with the electrophysiology team is where I realized my passion for the cardiac space and realized this is something I'm interested in and was wowed by the technology every day and the technology that we're developing and still developing. So that's why I started focusing mainly on in the cardiac space, just because I had that background through my internships. So how did you that makes sense that trajectory that you went on you know you you got into boston scientific and then you liked the cardiac space then you did a second internship in the cardiac space and then after that then you applied for after undergrad to be the clinical the excuse me the um field clinical specialist so at the beginning of that track how did you find and apply to those that first internship at boston scientific how what's a good way for your students interested in this company to get into that company Yes, I was very lucky. I did an engineering program in high school. So that's why I was interested in biomedical engineering in the first place. So I know that I was very fortunate to have that background. And through that engineering program in high school, 
uh, I met and formed bonds with a lot of the students that were two, three, even four years ahead of me who also did this engineering program at my high school. And because I grew up in Minneapolis, I was kind of in the center or in a center of a lot of different medical device companies. So I was fortunate to have these connections with engineers who went from high school engineering to college engineering and then had internships and ultimately received jobs at all of these big medical device companies like Boston Scientific, Abbott, Medtronic. So I talked to a number of those people that I met through high school and they all shared with me how great their experiences were working at big medical device companies as internships. And then they connected me with their hiring managers and things like that. So it was very much through my network and which I, well, but that's I, exactly what this podcast is, is trying to impress upon people. Yes. Talk to your alumni network, get connected. People will tell you good jobs to apply to that. So that's awesome. That seems like, I mean, before this podcast, me back in high school, that seems like you were already doing your networking and already getting connected and already trying to see, you know, what the good companies to, to apply to were at. So yes. what, how can people find these internships to apply to if, um, you know, they don't have those channels. Are they on the website? Yeah. Yeah. So there is a website for Boston Scientific. So my advice to anybody in, interested in a, interning at one of these bigger medical device companies is apply early. They have most of their internship spots filled by Thanksgiving or Christmas normally. So it's never too early to apply. Just put your name in the hat. Try to get the name of a hiring manager if you can to reach out to personally. I've also had friends who use recruiters. So there are definitely recruiters out there who connect people with contract roles or internships. So don't be afraid to use a recruiter. I think that's a great way to go about searching for these jobs and becoming aware of these internships. And how might they find a recruiter? L LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is so, <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, I mean, yeah. yeah. And my mom is actually a technical recruiter and that is her life. That is her homepage on her computer. She uses LinkedIn all the time. So definitely beef up your LinkedIn, make sure it's up to date, uh, keep it up to date with new projects and things that you're working on and just really use LinkedIn. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. Thank you. That is absolutely. So I noticed actually speaking of LinkedIn, I noticed on your LinkedIn that you have the CCDS certification. What is that? And, and why did you decide to pursue this? So the CCDS certification is a certification as a cardiac device specialist, and it's issued by the International Board of Heart Rhythm Examiners. And the certification is designed for people who work in this space. So that's technical specialists, sales representatives, uh, but more frequently it's nurse practitioners, uh, advanced nurses, device nurses, people who work in cardiac care and are involved in programming and using implanted cardiac devices. So after my first year of my job, which was primarily training and learning the basics about Boston Scientific devices and the very basics of cardiac care, I continued learning and I realized how important it, it is to be knowledgeable, not just in the bare minimum of the knowledge base that I need to do my job as a Boston Scientific Technical Representative, but as a person who cares for these patients and their cardiac health. So I took it upon myself in the year and a half that followed to continue learning 
uh, more about cardiac care. So that was programming other companies' devices, information about other companies' products, information about cardiac, um, antiarrhythmic medications, just general cardiac um, care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, knowledge. So yeah. beyond your year-long apprenticeship, you then yeah. pursued this at like externally from your training, it sounds like. Yes. So is this something that you had to pay for? Did your company sponsor this? Y yep, so my company uh, sponsored uh, myself to take the exam. And this is something at Boston Scientific, you need two years of experience in the cardiac space before you can apply for the cardiac device specialist certification. Do you feel like it has helped you a lot with this role? You know, if you went through a year long apprenticeship of training and then, you know, then studied beyond that, took this exam beyond that. Do you feel like it has really helped and benefited your knowledge and, and comfortability in performing in this role? Yes, absolutely. Studying for this exam and uh, taking this exam absolutely increased my awareness of the changes that I'm making and the the work that I'm doing every day, as well as what these patients are experiencing uh, throughout their holistic cardiac care too. So I have a better understanding of the meds they're on and, and their arrhythmias themselves and how these arrhythmias form and things like that. So it's definitely made me better at my job. It's made me um, much more knowledgeable in the cardiac space. And, and if I was interested in going to work in a device clinic, more of a clinical setting, not with a medical device company, having the certification would help open the door to other opportunities like that. And that's not my plan right now. I really like working for medical device companies, but um, yes, absolutely. It just definitely made me a more competent in holistic cardiac care. Well, say. and that's a great segue to um, our last question. I want to bring it back to your role and what's up next for you. What is the pathway for somebody in your role over the next five years? And then specifically, you know, what are you thinking for yourself? So what is fun about this role is it opens up doors into so many different functions within medical devices. Um, so I could go into back into engineering and work as a usability engineer or something. This experience working with our products in the field after they've come to market helps inform me as an engineer and makes me realize what's important as we're developing these devices and makes me appreciate all of the work that we put into the small details because it does make a big difference once these devices are on the market. So I think this should this job and this experience will make me a better engineer uh, for sure if I ever go back uh, to being an engineer. It, a lot of people from my role move into marketing. So I hope you have the opportunity to hear from somebody who works in medical device marketing because it is a very special space. It um, It is very technical and it's very research oriented. Um, and I think that's, it would be a really exciting role. Uh, the other main pathway would be a clinical research pathway. And that's not something I talked about too much today, but another big part of my job is my involvement in clinical research. Mm -hmm. So that is, uh, I right now I serve as a liaison between research groups who are doing research on Boston Scientific products and uh, or doing research in areas that Boston Scientific is mutually mutually interested in and supports their research. So I could get more involved within clinical research at Boston Scientific or medical education. Uh, 
anything like uh, there are just so many different pathways that you could take with this job for sure are there promotions within the field service pathway too yes within the clinical specialist space uh there are levels of promotion so i came on as a clinical specialist too and that's because i already had a little bit of experience in the cardiac space mm -hmm. working through my internships and all of that so i was hired as a clinical specialist level two uh, then you can move into a senior clinical specialist and then a principal clinical specialist um, and there are a lot of people I work with who have done this job for 20 or 30 years even, and this is their career and, um, and it's an exciting career and there's opportunities to continue learning all the time and learn new things every day. So it's definitely exciting. And then the other main pathway, probably the most common pathway from a clinical specialist is move into a sales role or a clinical, mm -hmm. um, manager role. So. Um, you can be more involved in contract negotiations with the hospitals um, or or manage a team, of course. So a lot of different pathways for sure. It makes so much sense that you can kind of cross into any department because it's so technical and you are such a product expert and an end user expert um, that I can see how that's super valuable to like almost every department. And so what's um, the plan for you? That is a great question and it's ever changing. Um, medical school is not off the table for me. Uh, in undergrad, I thought about doing medical school, but no one in my family is a doctor. So I felt like I didn't have a great understanding of what it would like to, what, what it would be like to pursue a career in medicine. And this job has definitely opened my eyes to the pros and cons mm -hmm. of working as a physician uh, these days. So at, at it, going to medical school is still definitely something I'm considering medical education is another area I'm interested in. So these are the people that when we have a brand new product coming out, uh, they're responsible for educating physicians on how to use those products uh, or when fellows. So uh, physicians who have graduated from medical school, gone through their cardiology um, or internal medicine residency, cardiology residency, and now are um, pursuing a fellowship in electrophysiology, they work closely with their medical education team to learn how to use our products and learn our implant techniques and things like that. And I definitely get a little bit of that medical education experience in my day-to-day -day job. Part of my, a big part of my job is helping educate uh, physicians and users on, on our product. But I think doing that uh, on a larger scale, scale would be interesting. I don't know, I think time will tell. I think time cool. will tell. Yeah, no, you have a lot of options, so. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you have a very ever-changing, very busy schedule with all these cases and everything. So thank you again for taking the time to chat with us. This role is fascinating, so. Thank you both so much. The BME Grad Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For more information on the BME Grad Podcast, visit bme.unc.edu. Right now, you can find that information under the News and Events tab. If you can, please subscribe or follow and leave a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.